Hello, I'm Mr. Movies of the Famous. Hello, I'm Mr. Movies of the Famous Film Twitter.com, and this is the Mr. Movies Podcast. And distilled. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in the brum. I'm going Bronson mode. Yeah, you- <laughs> he looks like every 27 year old dad in lockdown. <laughs> just like a shaved head with like a shitty handlebar mustache and those fucking like really small circle blackout sunglasses. Yeah, I was thinking uh, he looks like a bartender in a heavily gentrified area of town. Yeah, <laughs> in a gin bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a bar. Your bar logo is a compass with two oars in front of it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. My family moved out so you can make a drink called, like, the the Pussy Tickler. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what it is? It's gin. Yeah, yeah, that's it. (laughs) I cut out two nasty stories for you, the beautiful viewer. You didn't want to hear this. You think you do, but you don't. I did this for you. Speaking of somebody who really needs to throw some thick ropes, uh, Bronson. Hell yeah, that was a good way of doing it. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. the very talented. Gifted. Very gifted. <laughs> this, this movie is the perfect runtime. It is 92 minutes long. If you're going to do an action movie, any movie that involves punching or shooting, an hour and a half is where you need to stick. That's right. Uh, I mean, that's why Marvel movies feel like they're way too long. If they were like 90 minutes, I'd probably actually enjoy them. But they yeah. have to go on for three hours because you need to buy your Thanos brand diapy so you can have your little pee-pee poo-poo so you don't miss that one guy crying about how the Mets got dusted. Uh, but uh, Bronson's a pretty straightforward film about uh, England's most violent prisoner. Yeah. Uh, they, they call him that, at least, because uh, this dude, uh, the only way he can get off is if nine guys are attacking him at once unfairly <laughs> he he really eats shit so many times in this film and he fucking loves it <laughs> I, I don't i don't think he wins a fight in i think he wins one fight in the entire film but like in prison he just eats shit all the time yeah absolutely just and, a, total, uh, a total sub yeah <laughs> i was just about to say that i was like he was just a sub looking for a dom <laughs> god damn but yeah he uh this movie's fantastic. Uh, it's a really it's, good film. it's a really honest biopic of the actual Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. who has spent almost his entire life being transferred from prison to prison, solitary confinement to solitary confinement, and um, poor guy, uh, he just <laughs> he just can't stop fighting those cops. Um, yeah. What's the the funniest thing about Charles Bronson is you know now that we're in quarantine and everything. I mean I'm in the United States, so like it's it's a war zone here. I'm sure where you're at, it's just kind of like ah, oh, we just stay home a bit. But like yeah, it's like we're on the way out. I think as of next week, it's like we're gonna have another layer stripped back and go back to normality. God, that's so. <clears throat> so what got really popular is a type of exercising called jailhouse exercising, which I oh, think yeah. is 
don't call it that. Call it body weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, like, offensive. But, like, uh, but, but they were like, oh, so, you know, Charles Bronson has the best jailhouse workout. And have you actually looked at what he does to work out? No, I haven't, actually. Dude, literally, like, his workout regimen is, like, you get your, I'll get my breakfast at 8 a.m. At 9 a.m., I do 1,000 push-ups. At 10 a.m., they take me out to the yard, and I run around for an hour. At 11 a.m., I come back to the cell, and I do 1,000 push-ups. He, like, literally just does push-ups all day. All day. (laughs) Literally all day. That's his workout. I just thought it was so funny how they were like, dude, he has the best workout. It's like, no, he doesn't. Just, like, top-heavy. Yeah. (laughs) He's just built like a triangle. He's like a fucking dreidel. He's just gonna fall over. That's really good. Uh, yeah. He's a big yeah. old boy. You were talking about this, how Tom Hardy prepared for this role, which is hilarious, his diet. Oh, yeah, it was just steak and ice cream. <laughs> Literally just imagine, steak and ice cream, yeah. I imagine that's just all English people eat anyways. Uh, that's American, baby. We don't have that much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hang on. It, it, this vanilla ice cream, it's kind of spicy. <laughs> this is the funniest part about being in england i'm in a train yeah. station on my way back from oxford and like we're taking like the intercontinental rail which was so nice and we stop at this train station and they were like uh you know there's like all the food cart things and this one guy was like he's like hey uh he's like you from around here and i'm like uh no i'm um from america and he was like oh we uh we got the award for best uh vegetarian fast food option and i was like oh that sounds <laughs> wonderful it was an empanada full of boiled vegetables with like no salt no pepper <laughs> that's right baby <laughs> that's vegetarianism I just don't understand how Britain colonized the entire world, but then refused to use any of the spices that they enslaved people for. <laughs> Once again, defending English cuisine against an American. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. This is my white man's burden. <laughs> this one guy in Manchester was trying to tell me that you guys eat a thing called a starchy bun. Which is ripping a loaf of bread in half and then sticking French fries in it and then eating it like a taco. Oh, that sounds good as hell. Yeah, it's probably. It's awful. Both of those flavors are exactly the same. Yeah, but it's like hearty. It's filling. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't eat. We don't eat for pleasure. We eat so we can get back into chimneys and the mines and stuff. This is like <laughs> food. Food is a is like a luxury that you've been afforded by your yeah. decadent nation, and I'm fucking tired of it. The longer that you stay in the Tesco's, the less likely you are to have Mary Poppins save you from the weird child orphanage they won't let you leave when you're 25 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah, let's let's run through the plot of this movie, because it's a... Uh, this movie, I have a theory, is uniquely British in the way that it uh, portrays love. Yeah, 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 that's a really good point. It's like... I think it's especially like... Seven, like you know, pre-2000s straight thing. It's just like they're just together and it's not great, but they're together. So that's just yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. which is like uniquely English. Because uh, whenever mm. you look at the romance stories that are American, it's usually like 
very explosive love. It's almost always love at first sight. If it's not love at first sight, it's like a relationship that was really great, but then it falls apart. But then they get back together because they found out that that old flame can be saved. And in England, (laughs) it seems to be much more rooted in reality, which is like most of the relationship is you guys sitting quietly in a room. Yeah. Just being like, I'm really trying not to make her mad. Right <laughs> yeah, that is it, dude. That's just like the English marriage and the down to a T is just like, yeah, it's just like pragmatism. It's just like, it's just like mutual yeah. benefit. It's just like, okay, we're probably going to die if we're on our own. And we have sex. We have, we have really <laughs> bad sex once a month. And, but that's about it. I can't imagine British dirty talk. <laughs> you want me to... <laughs> I'm just gonna beep that out. Nobody's gonna have any idea what I just said. I'm just like, no, please, no, no, no. He can't, can he? Can he say that? Yeah. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, like literally, like top five all-time, is Richard Iowate's Submarine, right. which is a movie that was adapted by. Uh, it, it's a novel that was adapted, mm. and um, what's cool about Submarine and. Uh, I was okay with Submarine until I heard it framed this way, and then I was like, oh, this is, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. So, Submarine is a coming-of-age movie about a British boy. Yeah. Those don't exist in England at all. Like, period. Most English movies are about, like, a guy finding out he's very talented at soccer. A guy finding out he's actually a very talented racer. A guy finding out that he's a wizard and uh, (laughs) then become, like, token political savior of the center left. (laughs) But, like, there's no coming of age. British people do not like admitting that they've changed. No. Because that's why your food stays exactly the way that it is. No, I don't want any change. Yeah, and all of the stuff, like, like the kid is ultimately uncomfortable in that movie because their love is so explosive at the beginning. Yeah. And then you see this as his parents are falling apart. You know, uh, the, like, one of the funniest lines in cinema, which is like, oh, don't, don't be mad at your mother. It was only a hand job. <laughs> but, like, even them divorcing, it was like, yeah, we're, we're um, things aren't looking too good with you and, uh, we're with, the, you know, me and your mother. You know, to just yeah. like yeah, yeah, everything's just understated as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys just like don't like feeling things or admitting which, it. No. Yeah, or really, it's admitting. You guys just push it down, and then you give yourself an ulcer. That's right. But, like, that's why you think we're all alcoholics. Yeah, <laughs> you got to put alcohol on it to keep it from getting infected. <laughs> that's why I drunk drive so. That's why I drink and drive so much, buddy. It's not because I like it. It's because I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, why we all drive uh, on the wrong side of the roads, because we're all fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all hammered. Yeah. Man, I was, I was in London, and we stopped at the oldest bar in all of England, which was just, like, some tourist trap shit. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy there in, like, a Proud Boys polo. Like, it sucked. Hell yeah. But we go in there, and this guy ordered two pints, and he had his friend who was sitting at the table. And I was like, oh, man, you know, like, oh, he's getting, like, pints for his friend. Nope. This guy gets the two pints... He pounds one of them, yeah, the entire yeah. thing, which a uh, British pint is 20 fluid ounces, not 16. Oh, wait, so he pounds your pint's smaller? Yes. Nice. Ours are, are 16 fluid ounces, okay. I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so yours are, like, bigger, and he pounds one of them, <laughs> drinks almost half of the other, and then goes sit down with his friend. That sounds, oh, yeah, that sounds like, about right. You need, you, need a, you need a drink to see you back to your seat, like, one for the road, like, but the road is, <laughs> is 10 feet. <laughs> I don't know time, how I live without you. <laughs> time to get time to get on the dusty old trail. I don't know when I'll be back. <laughs> just like turns around and sits down on the other stool. Yeah, he's 
hope I make it there. <laughs> just like it turns and sits. It's like, take this, it's dangerous to go alone. It like throws you a third time. <laughs> and Bronson, for, uh, you know, Bronson, it's very honest in the fact that it is an English film. And mm. uh, I, I respect the shit out of it for that exact reason. And um, I think that the only way that we can really kind of explain the mentality behind that is by you know, walking through the plot. This shouldn't be a surprise. I'm on episode 31, I think. Yeah, and you've said it every episode. Yeah, literally every episode. I'm like, the only way that we can do (laughs) (laughs) Join me, won't you, as we walk through the plot. The wonderful world of movies! (laughs) Are you sick of watching something yourself? Would you prefer it if a man told you? What happened on the screen instead? <laughs> you're fuck! Just gonna to, you're just gonna have to... Fuck! <laughs> you're just gonna have to take my word for it, aren't you? Should we just describe... Should we describe a different film? Yeah. Fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck your fans. Let's describe a different film. Okay, so there's this planet called Pandora. And, <laughs> and it was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm excited for is episode 43 when I do movie 43. I will unsubscribe at episode 42. <laughs> We're talking Bronson. It's time. Fuck. <laughs> Drop my phone. My name's Charles Bronson. And all my life I've wanted to be famous. I knew I was made for better things. I had a calling. I just didn't know what has. What I'm singing. Can't fucking act. Kind of running out of choices, really. Oh, wait. The movie opens up on Charles Bronson, um, you know, just kind of this very sad headshot. Um, he's saying, my name is Charles Bronson, and all my life I've wanted to be famous mm-hmm. to a massive, massive crowd of people. Uh, it's, it's a packed auditorium, and he's, uh, he's performing like a circus monkey, really. Um, he's talking about how he doesn't really have anything that he's good at. You know, he can't sing, and he can't fucking act, so yep. he's run out of choices, hasn't he? Yeah. This is the main theme of the movie. Charles Bronson always wanted to be famous. He always wanted people to be saying his name. He always wanted people clapping for him. But like most of us, he doesn't really have a honed talent that's often appreciated. Uh, we're always kind of like marveling over, you know, uh, these like professional athletes that seem superhuman to us. Uh, we do the same thing with musical artists. We do the same thing with uh like dancers at the like absolute highest level we do it for fighters too but if you are a person who's been in and out of prison i doubt that a coach is ever going to pick you up so charles bronson literally is just a victim of his own circumstances and also a pretty bad narcissist disorder oh yeah he's a fucking ego monster (laughs) yeah like it really is yeah this poor guy Uh, he's like he like literally is like in the modern day we would put him on like Lexapro and we'd be like, all right, you see to calm out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I say that as somebody who's on antidepressants, <laughs> just we're, we're going to level you out, buddy. Your highs are going to yeah. be a little bit lower. Your lows are going to be a little bit higher. Okay. The foods nice. that used to taste yeah. really great that now taste like British food. Yeah. <laughs> Your boners will now taste like flaccid penises. You're going to have to get used to the, the line, sorry, it doesn't feel like anything tonight either. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fly- Love those SSRIs, baby. Bit, find a bit close Woo! to the sun for me, buddy. I, I got... <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a hunting, <laughs> it's a hunting studio? Uh, next up is an MMA montage of Charles Bronson shadow boxing and doing maybe a thousand push-ups. Which, uh, I mean, we talked about earlier. That's literally his yeah. workout. is just kind of pretend punching people, doing a thousand push-ups, and then getting the shit yeah. kicked out of you and then he, doing he it all always, over He always again. gets the first one good. And then they just, like, yes. just beat shit. But when when they did this, the first fight, when he's get, getting himself, like, he's his own hype beast, he's already, like, pissed. Yeah. He's already covered in blood and, like, shit and just, like, naked on the floor yeah. in his cage beforehand. <laughs> like, he, like, the whole... Yeah, it's just, like, the whole film, even before this... Even when it starts, he's already, like, being... The, having the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And, uh... Unfortunately for him, this isn't an MMA montage. We aren't uh, admiring his form. Charles was getting hyped by naked shadow boxing to fight the entire British police mm-hmm. force, I guess, um, which uh, makes Charles Bronson Antifa. Yeah, my theory is uh, my theory to... is that he's a communist uh, and he's woke as fuck as well. There's a few things throughout this <laughs> yeah. film that make me think he's a communist. Yeah, okay. I'm just imagining like he's like not not like the right kind of communist. He's like a Twitter communist that's like Charles Bronson's like, have you seen the character Gritty? <laughs> Gritty. <laughs> he's like got like a rose emoji in his name. <laughs> oh, he's not. A it- <laughs> have some respect. That's <laughs> shit. I may have to beep that, <laughs> but I'm leaving in the fact that you said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we go on to my favorite line any movie can have, which is that this movie is based on a true story. Yeah. Because that means anything. Uh, that is a sentence without meaning. Anything yeah. can be based on a true story. Yeah, when I first I first realized that it might not be entirely real when uh, I realized he doesn't actually perform at theaters like they do in the film. And that's, that was my first suspicion. Oh, man, could you imagine wheeling him out in the Hannibal Lecter mask? And just have him go, oh, man. Yeah, but, uh, you know, this premise gives us an excuse to do an incredibly clever backstory on Charles Bronson and his upbringing. Um, he came from a family that loved him, like every psychopath serial killer does. But uh, he quickly became a fighter. Uh, there's a shot of him punching someone in the face maybe 20 times, yeah. which is attempted murder, I'm pretty yeah. sure. It's when he's a kid, because he's just like, it wasn't bad, it wasn't bad, bad. And then there's him, like, throwing a chair at a teacher <laughs> and beating the shit out of him. It's yeah. so and good. He, he picks up and throws a desk at a kid. Yeah, the teacher. It's yeah, so oh yeah, good, it's a dude. teacher. Yeah, yeah which is, owns. again, attempted murder. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and then he's like enabled though because they br- they bring him back home and his mother's just like shuts the door in the other people's face and just like she's proper like a he's like a mummy's boy, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which again, I have to empathize with the guy. He's a total victim of his circumstances. Mm-hmm. Had he had like a mom who like believed in punishment, he probably would have stopped. He he may be like one of those guys that like you know just kind of like yells at you and barks at you, like literally barks at you from like the other side of a gate, and then yeah. whenever you walk away, he just goes back inside. Yeah. It's on a western called The Man Inconvenienced and just falls asleep <laughs> 12 minutes in. And then as well he gets after that monologue of him like getting the shit kicked out of him and stuff it goes back I notice it like the music swells every time he's in this in a fight, right? And yeah. it like comes to this crescendo basically as he starts getting the shit kicked out of him and it comes <laughs> and it comes back to him laughing about it while he's kind yeah. of like doing this weird like half narration of his of his own fights. <laughs> 
And it happens like a few times where he just like gets a shit kicked out of him. The music swells like, like it comes to like a crescendo, and then it's just him enjoying it. It's just like such like a weird like juxtaposition that you get with like the music and like what's going on. Yeah, and that's kind of how life is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, things seem to be the most vivid whenever we're getting the shit kicked out of us. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird how you can like, like like remembering the good times in your life. It's kind of like a haze, and you're like, oh, I do. We also did that that day. But yeah. you can remember the worst day of your life, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, we also find out Charles Bronson has a baby. Uh, but the hype of this really doesn't matter because uh, he robbed a post office for, I think, like, the American equivalent would be, like, $8.74. I think, if, I, if I remember the actual number, I think it was £25 in, 19, in like, the late oh, 70s. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like, I don't know, maybe £100. It's like, what, yeah. it's like yeah. nothing. So, so what would that be, like 120 yeah. bucks? Again, like, pathetic amount yeah. of money uh, to be sentenced to jail for seven yeah, years. Yeah, because he went there with a shotgun um, as well, which, again... Oh, shit. yeah, that's right, the sawed-off shotgun. sawed-off shotgun, which, again, is just like, where are you getting this shotgun from, bud? It's England. We don't have guns. Unrealistic. Fuck this film. <laughs> Cancel. Cancel. Cancel! American trash! <laughs> <laughs> they show him being dropped off into his jail cell, sobbing. <laughs> Which is immediately cut off by a shot of him dressed up like a juggalo <laughs> and the audience laughing at him. And uh, lucky for him, he's in on the joke, too. Uh, he says that he's always fancied himself a bit of a comedian, but seven years is a long time. He talks about how prison, to him, wasn't a cage or punishment, but it was a hotel room. He says that prison is brutal for most people who spent their time there, but not him. He viewed this as a place where he could sharpen and hone his skills. I had to go, didn't I? Go on, I had to go. <laughs> I've always fancied myself as a bit of a comedian. For seven years, it is a long time. This cuts to an assembly line of prisoners learning how to sew. Uh, they're all in lines, wearing, like, hairnets, doing that whole getup, and uh, Charles is refusing to he's work. He's a big boy. The prison warden... Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's I a big want boy. sewings for girls. Yeah. That's what it was. He was just like, <laughs> sewings for girls. I'm a big boy. Get me my Tonka truck. <laughs> yeah. I want to make the beeping when the truck backs <laughs> up. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Everybody's sewing, and he's like, beep, <laughs> He's just beep, like, hot wheels and shit. He's got all the sewing supplies. In it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, the the prison warden comes in and he's all pissed off that he's not doing stuff. Um, and so uh, he says that this job is actually vocational mm-hmm. training, uh, so Charles can get a job. Um, you know, whenever he's out. But like, Charles Bronson sees through this. This is just prison labor. Uh, he tells the guy to fuck off and immediately fights as many police officers as he physically can. <laughs> Which uh, naturally worsens his situation as a prisoner. Yeah, he gets transferred after that. Yeah. But, like, but, but, du- but during the transfer, it's like the music comes back and there's like, there's clearly like the cheering that he can hear. Obviously, it's like done in a way that you know it's not actually coming from the prisoners. 
if you, yeah, it's like it's like a full crowd. So it's obviously just like in his like psych, like in his mind, he, he hears this crowd going wild, and he's like pointing at people that aren't there, and like sh- he like shakes a couple hands and stuff, and it's like they don't know who you are. Yeah, the, I mean, this literally is like he just has like delusions of grandeur. Yeah, yeah, because this is the first time in his life he really felt like he was a celebrity for doing something. Because I assume in his jail, people aren't attacking officers all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. you being the guy that does it, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna get some street yeah. cred. Yeah, and like you know, as you were saying, like he walks by these prisoners and they're like cheering. They got their hands out of the cage. They want to shake his hand, and um, Charles is finally getting what he wanted, which is fame. This is probably the happiest he's ever been in his life. Because remember, all he's ever wanted is just to be famous. Yeah. And um, after this, it turns out Charles's time is almost up. Parole's about to start, and right as he was about to make a name for himself. He's <laughs> pissed that he's, you know, being transferred out of this prison to be given freedom again. And Charles talks about how great prison was, too. About how it was madness, but most importantly... He earned himself the title of Britain's most violent prisoner. Yeah. That is a title that you really have to work at. You guys don't have guns. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. being the most violent prisoner in an entire country really is an accomplishment. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great to That's see. That's our bar mitzvah, baby. It's, it's really great to see. <laughs> it's really great to see, like, a man with ambitions. I like it. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's nice seeing a guy get what he wants. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> Josh. I find I, 2020. I find a guy is sexy when someone has goals. You know what I mean? I just I don't know, man. I'd, I'd probably ride that mustache a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then after that, he goes on to meet uh, Super Hands from Peep Show. If you ever watched Peep Show, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he turns up. <laughs> oh God damn it! I was gonna point that yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, like, his name's never revealed. His name's Matt King in the film, but he's never revealed as is who he is. He's just kind of like mysterious. Because he he, tur- yeah. he turns up with the tea, Bronson turns up to make the tea, and he's a he's a fellow prisoner, and he just like is free and just swans around, and then yeah. he like does the fist pose like that you'll see in like the trailer and all the famous films, and you can hear his skin becoming taut against his knuckles. Yes, yeah. This the um the fucking sound design yeah. of this movie is hilarious because this movie's I'm. I'm not going to say it's unintentionally funny. There's incredibly funny timing that happens. Yeah. And that one there, the guy's just marveling at his build. Yeah. He was like, my God, you could fuck someone up with those, can't you? Yeah. And then he just gets into that boxer pose and you just hear the sound of leather twisting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> but it's just super hands. It's just like, just his whole like demeanor through that whole film. He's just like, he's just like, oh, what was he saying? I can't remember now. He's just like, ding dong, knock, knock, bang, bang. But he does like like real like yeah, real like gravelly like sexy like English voice and stuff. It's just like he's just yeah. such a weird demeanor. That's an impressive set of guns you have there. You must be handy in a brawl. Bam bam, knockout, ding ding. Very nice. La da 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 yeah, he's like a caricature of a gay man who's very well connected in England. Pretty much, you yeah. know, like 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 th- that guy in the seventies movies, yeah. the guy who has the ascot. Yeah, you know, he's oh my, very yeah yeah. You. He calls him darling and stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know who he reminded me of, which is like an appropriate comparison, mm. is uh the evil guy from Snatch. 
Yeah. Yeah, in yeah, a the, way, the, yeah. The, the, like the boxing ring runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it turns out that's a pretty appropriate comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a lot of similarities in between Snatch and this at, at certain points. So, you know, after this, Charles can't stop punching people. He gets off to it. And he ends up doing a tour of every prison in England. You know, he fights every police officer he can get his hands on yeah. until he winds up in the insane asylum. Yeah. And, uh, or what he calls the funny farm. Yeah, it, it, Is that a term you guys use? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I guess so. But I've heard, I've heard a few people say Funny Farm this week, actually, which is kind of weird. I, I haven't heard it. Until. No shit. It was, I think it was on the newest Chapo. They say Funny Farm, which I was like, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two days really? ago. It's real weird. But um, <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, but it cuts back to, in his mind, Palace, as I keep calling it for some reason, like his psyche. He's saying that he's, uh, that he's always wanted to be famous and you should know who he is. And one person in the crowd shouts, oh, yeah, what for? And he barks back at them and says that he's Britain's most violent prisoner before being taken off to the, yeah. to the Funny Farm, which kind of like to me, made me think that he's, like, like some kind of, like, psychosis or something, maybe? Like, his brain's, yeah, like, absolutely. his brain's, like, talking back to him, and he's, like, having to, like, shut it, that part of his head down and stuff, because he's trying to, like, so overwhelmed with this narcissistic need to be famous. Yeah, yeah. there's, um, I, I can't speak on this too much, because, I mean, it was a long, long time ago that I read about this. I got kind of, uh, hooked on people who have, like, delusions of grandeur, mm-hmm. and these are, like, uh, the true believer cult leaders, tend to be the ones who have this because very very few people have delusions of grandeur where they genuinely think they're a god yeah you know uh, stuff like that but um this is kind of like something that feeds into that yeah. you know it's, it's like, like oh this true. massive crowd of people mm-hmm. need to know yeah which yeah. i mean holy shit that's a podcaster <laughs> yeah because he's he's like <laughs> fuck he's like arguing he's like arguing <laughs> with himself quite violently in these in these scenes it's, yeah, and he's he's just like yeah, he just goes to prison and he just gets the shit kicked out of him again. <laughs> Could um, you imagine? He's like he's like that's whenever I became famous. <laughs> what for? Becoming Twitter's most violent podcaster. What a criminal! <laughs> <laughs> uh, some fuckers are trying. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> don't I know? The <laughs> the um. So him going to the insane asylum. Uh, sorry for calling yeah. it the insane asylum. I don't know what to call this properly. This is like they literally they 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 don't just all the other places they name the prisons, but this one is just the funny farm. Yeah, the quote, funny quote. farm. Yeah, yeah. He, um, it's like this could be Bane's origin story because he did <laughs> Dark Knight Rises like the next year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this film like follows on. So this just could be the prequel to this is like in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. That's true. Holy shit. And just when I was about to make a name to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. As watch. As watch! You don't want to be trapped inside with me, sunshine. Inside, I'm someone nobody wants to fuck with. Do you understand? I am Charlie Brunson. I am Britain's most violent prisoner. Yeah, he gets drugged out of his mind in the in the asylum. Yeah, like he's like fucking turned. And, yeah, he's so he's so fucking faded right now on like some nineteen seventies lean. Yeah, or <laughs> getting injected into his asshole. Yeah, <laughs> he does. You know, his uh, he does the Bronson special, which is finding the biggest nurse there, beating the shit out of him, and then having all the nurses beat the shit out of him, which um, yeah. puts him in solitary confinement in the insane asylum. Um, and by doing this, uh, it's like the funniest shot of the movie. They're holding his arms and legs, so it's like he's skydiving. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you fucking <laughs> It's just like getting dragged off. As he's like, 
It's, so it's like good. a like a sugar glider going to yeah, solitary yeah. confinement. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to see uh, a grown man carried like this. And then they meet the real villain. Yeah, Charles refuses to take his meds, so he gets a shot in his ass full of whatever people were doing in the seventies. Um, this was England. 40 years ago. Uh, we saw what they did to the world, so we can imagine what they were doing to their prisoners. But he's, he's on, like, a, like, like, crocodile. He's, like, that's, like, <laughs> that's, like, I'm, what I imagine future's like, like, Pink Molly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, um, as he gets a shot, he becomes, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you remember how, um... What was his name? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, I don't. Like, the end of that, whenever he, he gets, like, he gets a lobotomy, and he's, like, literally brain dead. Yeah, he's, like, vegetative. He's, like, in, like, he's yeah. basically in a coma. Like, there's so much drool on him and shit. And, you know, he's, he's like, foaming at the mouth, and all of a sudden, he sees, air quotes, the normal guy of the asylum. Yeah. And I'm putting that in air quotes. I know what that sounds like. Hear me out. Um, he's this, like kind of cool guy he's got like a nice cardigan very socially aware uh probably is in good with mm -hmm. the nurses and um he tries to relate to charles which charles does not mm. want that charles wants to be famous because he's so unique and he is the only person who holds that title of britain's mm. most violent prisoner he doesn't want anybody else sharing in the fame of who he is but then he finds out that this guy isn't uh normal. the air quotes normal guy of the asylum this guy is a what what i gained from yeah. it a practicing pedophile he yeah he talks about um the the way that they view the mm -hmm. world as a loveology and um he compares it to a yeah, nine-year-old he, he says girl. he says you me nine-year-old girl like, this guy's like proud of the fact yeah. that he does this because if you're bringing it up in conversation you're not ashamed you're not trying to get better you're a guy who got caught and that's like, that's it. That's how he opens this conversation. You. Me. Nine year old girl. It's a loveology. Which, um, after this, you know, this like completely, uh, it really probably the most deeply disturbing scene of this movie. Uh, this cuts to <laughs> the saddest dance party. Oh my god! Uh, yes. I've ever seen. It's upsetting. Is it, it? They do a really good job of making it really not cool to watch. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, it's um. They, uh, I don't know not how gross, else that's to, bad way to put it. But. No, no, no. I, I know what you mean yeah. though, because it, it like it's a gross interpretation of the way that people in asylums are ultimately treated. Yes. Because, I mean, now it's probably better. You know, we have, like, these places where, yes, you're locked behind a door, but there's, like, communal spaces, mm -hmm. you know, if people are... And I'm not saying that they're good. I've never been in one. I'm yeah. just saying that it's... It has to be better than what they went through, <laughs> because ultimately what the scene is, is this is a bunch of nurses with power gawking at the mentally ill. Yeah. You know, what if we put on some lights and some music? Oh, look at them dance. Look how stupid they are. Yeah. And even, you know, even uh, Bronson just trying to make his way out of there because he knows he shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they force him to go away. And um, what, what's crazy is the lyrics that they pick for the song. Um, one, time appropriate. You know, this is like kind of like a synth heavy song. You yes. Can tell that this takes place in like the early 80s or some somewhere around there. Yeah. It, yeah. I think but, the bulk of the film is in the, in the early to mid 80s. Yeah, yeah, and um, the lyrics of the song keep on saying, everything I've ever done, it's a sin. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is uh that that gets the mr movie's official signature of a good movie good job i love you i love you guys But yeah, that, that's ultimately what it was, is they're, like, literally torturing these mentally ill people. Everything you've ever done, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, these people can't make decisions on their own. Their their judgment's flawed. You know, they're, uh, they have, like, chemical imbalances in their brain that if we just would have invested in, I don't know, mental uh, health funding, <laughs> anything research, probably could have been saved and been normal people in society. Yeah. But um, I'm going to get off that high horse. Uh, it's the day after um, Charles sees the man, the you know the man who talked about uh, there's a loveology mm-hmm. uh, between them, like a nine year old girl. And um, Charles does the right thing and yeah. makes a garrote wire out of a strand of cloth and chokes him out, almost killing. Yeah, because his plan was to kill him to get... Well, obviously, like, he obviously hates this guy, but it's also so he can get out of there because he's being constantly drugged. So he slowly, like... Because his face, like, again, like, Tom Hardy does, like, a really good job of, like... He's really good at, like, acting without speaking, I think. Because when when the guy walks up to him, his face is all, like... Like, if you were on drugs, like, the eyes are glazed and not focused and everything. And then he slowly... You can just see him, like, it's like a predator. He just slowly, like, animates and comes to life and then just chokes the shit out of him. Yeah, really he good. does, like, the sunken eyes, he does yeah, the open yeah, yeah, mouth, yeah, yeah. he does, like, the drooping head forward. He really looks like a killer here. Yeah. And this is the closest he comes to being a killer. Yeah. And I think it's because it's justified. Yes. You know, having, because uh, to Charles, Charles had a child, too. Mm-hmm. This is something that he has a deep connection to. So, I mean, um, him him hearing this and him being compared to a pedophile was a direct attack on who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. So he ultimately believes that he's doing the right thing. And on top of that, gets to be transferred out of this place that he hates with all his heart because he cannot justifiably fight the people that he's caged in with. No. So um, he does a really cool thing, which is doing the Nixon peace signs as you're being dragged away. Yeah, yeah he does. It's so cool. <laughs> which cuts to Charles being back on stage. But this time he's doing the vaudeville, um, I cannot pay the bill, you must pay the bill routine, Mm. which is half of your body's painted, or half of your body is, you know, if you're a man, you're presenting as a man on one side, and the other side you're painted up to look like a woman with a short haircut, nails and all. Yeah, he's he's reenacting a portion of a conversation that he obviously had with, like, a hospital warden. I don't know what you would call the position, but a person who makes a judgment for, like, shifting people around. Yeah. Who said that, um, uh, you know, this is what happens when a murder goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All Charles wants to do is go to trial so he can head back to jail. Yes. He wants out of the asylum, ultimately, but it turns out they're just moving him to a new asylum. But this one's for the criminally insane. Uh, she says. Yes. And here, he has spent 26 years of solitary confinement so far. Uh, this is also where we find out that he has been given a new title, you know, as Britain's most expensive prisoner. Yes. Which is a wild coincidence, because once he finds out how expensive he is, weirdly they certify him as sane and send him back out into the streets again. When's my trial? Uh-uh. Mr. White recovered, dear. 
There's no trial. Isn't that wonderful? Broadmoor Asylum for the criminally insane. <laughs> you know, this, like they, he explains, you know, it, it was becoming too expensive for His Majesty's pleasure. So they yeah. they declare him <laughs> hilarious. Sane. Yeah, they just declare him sane so they can just just do away with him and forget about it. And then that cuts to him leaving the prison and it's all his worldly possessions and it's just the watch, the wallet, and a comb. But he's obviously, but he's bold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is so funny because he holds it up and he goes, ah, good joke, gentlemen. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he does like real like over the top like watch, like like snaps it on, checks the wallet to make sure they haven't stole his cash. And then he like picks up the comb, just like looks at him for two longs, very funny boys, and just puts it away and then walks out. mistake. Now I'm going to tie you to these railroad tracks. This is serial killer behavior. No, this wasn't my greatest mistake. My greatest mistake was... Out with it. The train is closing fast. Look at me. I'm the train conductor. Hey, uh, aren't you a little bit young to be driving the train? Be quiet. There's no child baby love. My greatest mistake was not subscribing to the Mr. Movies Patreon on Patreon.com. What is that? Constant project updates, polls for upcoming shows where you can control the episodes, and one new episode a week. Wow! What a deal! That that's good, and I'm I should subscribe. Goodbye. You should go to Patreon.com/slash/MrMovies now to start your subscription today. Where did he go? Did you seriously leave me? There's a train coming, sir. So funny. It's so good. And that's where we get a very odd music cueing, which is like a college road trip song mm. where he is reunited with his parents who take them back to their house, which is too much for him to handle. Uh, he Charles Bronson is ultimately a man who loves prison, but not this kind of prison. Mm. He, you know, uh, all that he wants is he wants to either go back to the way that things were or to go back to where he's famous. So he goes back into his house, and his only problem with being there is that you threw out all the stuff that I had when I was a child. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, we had to part with some of it. And it's like, you, you've you been in solitary confinement for like 26 years. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I hang on to your boyhood yeah, possessions? He, 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 he's like, he's asking for the bed that he had when he was a kid. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, you're like mid-30s at this point. What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> he wants his childhood bed. But that's like another yeah. thing where he's like, he kind of toes the line of like, he's like, he's almost like when they bring him home, he's like a, it's like a cat or something or a dog when they bring him back. So he's like, does this kind of like a lot of physical comedy, like he can't open the, the car door and he yeah. wipes his, he wipes his feet for way too long <laughs> for like, and stuff. And they have to like drag him to the next room and stuff. And he's just like, um, he's like, sees a picture of himself as a kid and he's just like, 
Oh, I was a lot smaller then. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, dude, you're a kid. Yeah, the, the film after this point, it, this is why this film is so fascinating to me, because like British films that are serious do not do this. It takes this weirdly plucky comedic tone, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, like, like the car door is hilarious. But the scene after this, he's like going on a train somewhere away is the direction that he's going. He's going to Luton. And, um, he says, yeah, yo, yeah, to, he, yeah to he's going to Luton. To find his Uncle Jack. Yeah, and he uh, he says that, like, the, the, this girl goes, all right, so where are you going? And he was like, uh, I'm off to, uh, I'm going to make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm off to kill the queen. And instead of being horrified, she just says, ah, you're off to London then. Yeah. And it's just business as usual yeah, for her, yeah. which just shows that he's constantly having these delusions. Yeah. This woman is beautiful. And um, ultimately, this to me, this is how he views women in his mind. They don't want anything to do with a guy who do- who hasn't made a name for himself. Right, right. Yeah, sure. And he's not good at anything. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have money. What he does have is his ability to be the most violent person mm-hmm. in the entire country. And this is what makes me think that he's a communist, because he is against, really? he's against the monarchy. He's against the monarchy. Oh, he's yeah. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a, he's a good communist boy. And it's I, I found I don't know if you picked up on this, but when she's when he says he's going to kill the queen, it's a very clever turn of phrase. Um, we call it a metaphor, and what a metaphor is is when you say Damn, something dude. is a figure of speech and it isn't actually it's not literal. He's not acting because she doesn't live in Luton, but he is planning on wasting more of her money, and in this sense, he is killing the queen. And I just man, I just thought I was so fucking smart. God damn. I thought Luton was a person. I didn't realize that was a place. (laughs) (laughs) All of my notes say he's going after a man named Luton. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, all of our uh, cities are named after former slave owners. I'm not used to these weird made-up words like Luton and Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) That was one. Yeah, dude. (laughs) 31 episodes, you finally got to do that. I think there's 31 letters in that word, too. Jesus Christ. That's fucking... That's fucking so. weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I practiced that for like two <laughs> Oh, my God. There's a Welsh song that goes... <laughs> I listen to that shit for like two That's straight That's a really good weeks. Welsh, like... You got the ch going on. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Charles is off to meet a man named Luton, who is hosting a weird 20-style swingers party, it looks like. And, uh, the energy in here is weird. It's, uh, really weird, actually. Uh, he's taking a full minute to answer everything. Uh, he's offered Mm -hmm. a room here, and, uh, the man named Luton says this to his pets, uh, which is, I'm telling, the power dynamics are so fucking weird here. It's like this guy owns mm. these women. So Charles runs into the, uh, I, I don't know how to describe him, the flamboyant, uh, almost gay man from. Oh, Super Hands. Uh, I, I'm just yeah. going to say flamboyant man. Yeah, yeah, he, he runs into Super Hands, uh, in, uh, f- you know, from prison. And um, he's offered serious money for yes. his strength, whatever that means. And now's a good time to bring up that he's actually been going by his birth name up until this point, which is uh, mm-hmm. Mickey Peterson, which is an equally cool name, I think. And is told that he should adopt yes. a fighting name. And he chooses Charlton yeah. Heston, which is laughed at. And then he says, uh, you know, you're more like a Charles mm. Bronson, you know, named after Bronson. Charles <laughs> Bronson. <laughs> uh, yeah. All you need is a name. 
so many pieces. Now you need a like a movie star. Charlton Heston. Look, love. Nobody gives a toss about Charlton Heston, the man to cunt. You're more the Charles Bronson type. Charles Bronson. Yes. Death Wish. And, and uh, you know, in funny shades of Snatch, you know, the first film we talked about, which is Snatch, which is arguably the best episode of this podcast. That's right. Uh, the movie has an illegal underground boxing scene uh, hosted by a guy who looks like he belongs in a British alt-rock band. Charles is fighting this guy who's easily 30 years older than him. Yeah, he's Handily like beats him. <laughs> and pisses on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he pees on him. Then this cuts to Charles getting paid 20 pounds. Oh, my God. And he yes. says that he deserves more. Yeah. Because he did magic in there. Yeah. And the, it's the like, super It's like 20 says, pounds. What's 20 pounds, mate? I gave you magic in there. You, yeah. You, and then he's like, you piss on a gypsy in the middle of nowhere, darling. It's hardly the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I'll give you fucking magic in there. Magic. You just pissed on a gypsy in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's hardly the hottest ticket in town, darling. I'm telling you, man, if I wasn't just like some like bitter IT guy, I'd want to be super hands from this movie. <laughs> Not necessarily orchestrating illegal fights between, you know, Romani people and, uh, you know, violent criminals, but more just the fact that he... It, so, so you know there's like the shower argument guy who's got like the perfect thing to say to you. Yeah, He'll yeah, take yeah. You yeah. Down. And then there's like the shower argument flamboyant man. Yeah. Who's like has has the references on hand. Yeah. It's just like some dude's like twice his size and he just like flicks a cigarette and calls him darling and just tells him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he listens. Yeah. Which is the coolest part. <laughs> it goes to show you that like masculinity doesn't inherently need to be like alpha. this like violent yeah. barrel trusted shit. Mm. You could just totally just be like an alpha who flicks cigarettes at Just people. like dumb people. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just being like a generally rude club rat is yeah. also an iteration you can take. <laughs> the the only other thing as well before this, you have like a montage of a couple fights, and he kills a dog, which yes, is a Rottweiler specifically, yeah, which is on. I think he did it for like a thousand pounds or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did it for nuts. He did it for like a lot of money back in the time, and I think he spoke about it in real life. That that was his biggest regret because he's never actually killed anyone or anything apart from this dog. Oh, so that was a real thing he did. Yeah, he actually did kill the Rottweiler for a bunch of cash in real life, and it's like the only thing he's ever killed. God, yeah. poor guy. Yeah, because at one point, I mean, he needed the money. Yeah, at one point when he when he get when we go back to the the pedo that he like uh, attempts uh, attempts to murder, he um you can hear him screaming that he's never killed anyone, not a soul, and he's like really screaming yeah. it. So yeah, I think, yeah, the yeah. guy just likes fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also fights two dudes at the same time, mm-hmm. which I think is mind blowing. Uh, I personally would just stick my two fists out to the side and spin like a helicopter, <laughs> but his <laughs> technique works too, I guess. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. You know, after the Rottweiler fight, he obviously lives because in the next scene he's alive and well, and he's confessing his love to his girlfriend, um, who's actually in love with her boyfriend Brian. A real piece of shit, if you ask me. But um. To rectify this, you know, this is the only woman Charles has really ever loved, it seems. Uh, you know, because the first relationship's a very English one. It's like, all right, you know, you, you have the kid right around the age of 27, and then you send him off to primary school. You know, but this one, he, like, cares. There's emotion behind it. There's, It's almost like, uh, like an American framing of love, where it's this passionate, explosive, you know, which, uh, you know, again, doesn't really happen in real life. But, um... To rectify this, he uh, goes and robs a jewelry store to snatch an engagement ring. 
Which, to no one's surprise, she says, no, now you're a criminal on the large. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's just like, um, yeah, yeah, he's just like a thousand pound ring and just like smacks the dude's head on there and screams at the woman and just scares the shit yeah, out of like, Yeah, it's so funny because he's like, don't call the police for 10 minutes. And he's like yelling at her face and then he's like, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he realized how far away the house is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't fucking move! Don't call the police for 10 minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah. Again, you can't help but feel for him. Mm. Like, 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 it sucks that he's doing all these innocent, like, attacks on just truly innocent people. But, I mean, like, in his mind, he was insulted. Because he asked for the ring. He's like, he's like, I want to check out that one. He's like, you know this is a thousand pound ring. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like, listen, you poor piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, you don't, you don't get to call me poor. Yeah, and just <laughs> not like, piece get of shit in the face. <laughs> It's the bourgeoisie keeping down the proletariat, and my man yeah. will not stand for it. <laughs> he really is a communist. I'm pretty You're sure. Right. I'm pretty sure he's a tanky. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has to. He has to. He's a Stalinist. He's yeah. got the mustache. <laughs> then we're back in jail, baby. Yes. Sixty-nine days. Yeah. This is where he wants to be. Uh, whether uh, he wants to admit it or not, he's back in jail and has taken an officer hostage. He locks the door and forces the police station to respond. You know, like the actual like prison police guard to respond. And all Charles wants to know is what happens next. Charles wants to brawl specifically. He doesn't yeah. want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to hurt this guy. No, it's oh, such a good. He scene. Want, That's the best scene in the whole film for me. I love yeah, it so much. He fights like what nine officers yeah. at once. But then it's just like the just the way he like shouts at him and puts him in the corner, and then the the phone comes and he's just like, "Well, what do you want, Charlie? What do I want?" What have you got? He doesn't want anything. He just wants to fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah he, he, just... he was expecting him to explode at him. Be yeah. Like, Fuck you. I'm coming in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he puts on his body armor, which is just butter. Yeah. And he goes, and, uh, he goes butter boy What a mode. funny fucking scene. <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't know growth. Yeah. But you he know, gets naked. He, he calls a guy a homo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, he's yeah. like trying to put it on his, he's like, put it on my ass. Not in my ass. On my ass, you homo. Yeah, and then he starts screaming, quicker, 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 yeah, quicker, yeah, quicker. Yeah. It's like, quicker, 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 fuck off, sit down, shut up, you <laughs> Oh, rub it in. That's why we ain't all day. Rub it right down my back, go on, down my back and my legs. Back of my legs, my ass, on my ass cheeks, on my ass. Bloody my ass, you fucking homo, on it. Go on, shut up, quickly, quicker, quicker. Quicker, 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 fuck off, sit down, in the corner, don't move, cunt. This movie's so fucking funny. And uh, to no surprise, uh, he gets his ass kicked. Again. Then uh, gets the hard knocks talk every disappointed dad gives, Mm -hmm. uh, which cuts to him coloring with crayons. Um, There's a very flamboyant Spanish man asking him to find a piece of himself in his art, which is hilarious at first to him, but then... It all starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, remembering, uh, Remember how obsessed Charles is with making a name for himself. What better way is there to do this than art? Every name we remember from the distant past is either some poet or a painter. Charles clearly doesn't have the ability to be a writer. But an artist? He can be an artist. Yeah. Remember that weird swingers party he went to with uh, with the man named Luton? <laughs> there, he was told that his mustache is a sign of artistic flourish. Yes. Charles wants this, but the big question we all have is, is drawing and painting an art form that's going to stick with him? Mm. This, uh, this cuts to Charles and his art teacher, and his art teacher is 
doing a whole lot of talking, doing that swanky, I'm the most well-connected guy at the party uh, mm. kind of shtick. During his spiel, he says that Charles is probably going to make it out of prison, and he's going to find his freedom that he's always wanted. He's going to be a star because of this, but... We all know that Charles doesn't want this. He loves jail. He thrives off of how hostile it is. Mm -hmm. So the second that the art teacher turns his back on him, Charles attacks him. And um, he doesn't brutalize him like he does the police officers. Because I think that deep down in his mind, he believes that police officers deserve it. Yeah. I think he sees the art teachers just kind of being like a dumb guy i think you know just like yeah, some bullshit he's just like the artist is like a vehicle from through which he can become more famous he doesn't he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to hurt him because he needs to use him yeah he, he's a tool yeah to get to this uh diluted view of like fame that he's had yeah and um what he's done is accidentally cancel himself by doing full body blackface <laughs> yeah. and uh holding the art teacher hostage <laughs> Yeah, I did. But, uh, I thought that. I didn't write it down, but I did think that because he's just like in this weird, like, just painted all tar over. Tar black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you know, he's holding the teacher hostage because this is his new signature move, but he's willing to negotiate, and all Charles wants is music. Yeah. And they pick out music for him. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him cooperated with, really. And uh, funny enough, they pick out the song from the Shawshank Redemption, mm -hmm. which is probably the most popular jail movie ever made. Uh, this is the song that Andy Dufresne plays when he locks himself in the warden's mm. office. And as the song plays on, Charles continues his grand art piece. Um, this is the art piece that the art teacher asked for, too, remember. Uh, so he was asked to create an art piece that he sees himself in. And he gave him exactly what he wanted. Uh, you ask for a Charles Bronson art piece, he will bound and gag you and paint his face over the top of your face. and Because uh, mm -hmm. that's just who he is. He gives the art teacher his hat and glasses and says, That's a fucking yeah, piece of it. Yes. Yeah. Such a good line. So good. And then he's just like, just waits and waits and waits. Right, he's had enough. Come get him. Come on, you <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like, I've had enough. You've had enough. He's had enough. Come on. He just fights again. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, I mean, he gets exactly what he wants, which is the police officers yeah. beating the shit out of him while he's in full-body blackface. <laughs> uh, he, he just can't get over the thrill of getting beaten within an inch yeah. of his life. And uh, this film ends with a shot. The film ends with a shot of Charles in the smallest cage I've ever seen a person it's get like stuck a, in. When it cuts to the shot of him in the cage, it's not like a normal cage. He can't sit down. He can, like, barely stand in it. It's like... It's like saw shit. It's like chained and like above the ground. Yeah, it really is. That's why yeah. I think it's. That's why I think it's Bane's origin yeah, and, story still. And I don't think that this no, actually happened. No, you wouldn't be able to do I, that. I think that this was a like yeah yeah like, like a prison mm -hmm. of the mind type thing because this whole series has been him going from bigger places to smaller and smaller and smaller yes. spaces throughout this movie. His cell his uh, his cells just keep getting smaller, and um you know he. Uh, like, literally, is we feel his freedom shrinking mm -hmm. more and more. But the craziest part about this, and, you know, we'll conclude on this, is that this is the only way that Charles feels free. There's freedom in confinement mm. to him. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And that's fucking Bronson, baby. Bronson yeah. in real life. Okay, we're both bold now. We can do it. 
Yeah, we're <laughs> we're both balding. That's like one thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning, but I didn't want to like throw you under the bus with me. I was like, come on, we're both losing our hair. <laughs> no, go for it, dude. Drag my ass. Let's go. <laughs> I'm starting to get Fraser's hairline. That's like one thing I'm seeing. <laughs> this shit sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, who care? Who care? Big who care? Dude, if if we have a Halloween this year, I'm gonna go as Charles Bronson. Okay. I'm gonna grow the mustache out. Nice. You should do it too. Let's both do it. Let's go. Yeah, I'll just I'll go do it right now. I get... <laughs> <laughs> just push real hard. The mustache comes out. <laughs> she get in here. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> happening. <laughs> like only like parts of your body are getting really muscular, but others aren't. <laughs> yeah, just like my traps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like your traps and one butt cheek. You're looking more and more like Quasimodo. <laughs> Baby, am I beautiful? <laughs> yeah, so Josh, would you recommend Bronson? I love Bronson. I would recommend it. It's the true English experience. <laughs> this is what English soccer hooligan culture ultimately is. Yeah. I think. This is the one. <laughs> this is a... It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. It's just the British English is how there's no love apart from when there is for a minute, but then she breaks your heart because... You fucking hate women. Uh, and then you <laughs> shave your... Sorry, wait. So, that was me. Um, yeah, it's a good film. <laughs> Josh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I forgot to introduce you at the beginning. Uh, so I uh, may as well introduce you right here at the end. It's all good. People yep. know. This is Josh of Radio Free Labor. That's right. Who listened to his podcast. Yeah, at Radio Free Labor on Twitter with a U because I'm in control. I do the spellings. Yeah, and you're the editor, so you get to choose how everything's spelled. I'm the editor, Which? producer, main character, uh, choreographer, <laughs> anything. The sex appeal. The sex the appeal. antagonist. Yeah. The protagonist. <laughs> the MacGuffin. What are other film terms? <laughs> the old wise the man. The grip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>